uh, and thank you to the conference. This has been great. Uh, my name is Andy Powers, and actually, I recently completed my age, uh, my PhD in American Studies <laughs> at MSU. And this presentation is based on one of three case studies that I looked at in my dissertation. So I'm going to highlight uh, some of the amazing people, including several Montanans, involved in the Miss Indian America pageant in Sheridan, Wyoming. And just to clarify, um, the Miss Indian America pageant started as an event that was part of All American Indian Days, uh, but in the 1980s, uh, the pageant was the only event left, so I do sort of use those two terms interchangeably, um, essentially the same event. Sheridan hosted All American Indian Days and the Miss Indian America pageant for over three decades, and although it was held in Wyoming, the event had many Montana connections. And while there were and continue to be many similar events, such as fairs, rodeos, and powwows around the country, All-American Indian Days was different in its commitment to improving relations between natives and non-natives, and its mission to educate the public about tribal peoples and cultures. It's interesting to note that the first two decades of this event paralleled the termination era in federal Indian policy which pushed for the assimilation of Native Americans into mainstream American society and the termination of tribal sovereignty. Yet, this event encouraged displays of traditional tribal dress, dance, and cultures. The Crow and Cheyenne tribes had been performing during rodeos and other events in Sheridan since at least the 1890s, and several Crow Nation members played important roles uh, in the development of these events. The goals of All-American Indian Days and the Miss Indian America pageant were to, quote, foster and promote better understanding between the Indian and white races to support the American Indian citizens' efforts to better the condition of the Indian race politically, socially, and economically, to encourage and further the preservation and development of Native American Indian arts and crafts, and to advocate the elimination and eradication of intolerant and discriminatory practices, end quote. During the early years of the event, the local Shriners were heavily involved, and one of the goals, in addition to improving race relations, was to raise money to benefit the Shriners Children's Hospitals. Tribes were invited from around the country to participate in the many events and camp at the TP Village, which, like the encampments of show Indians with Buffalo Bill's Wild West, was an exhibit in of itself, with visitors and tourists encouraged to wander through the camp. Events over the years included art exhibits, dance and sport contests, displays of horsemanship, tribal performances, football games, and a bison barbecue. But the most popular event was the Miss Indian America pageant. In 1954, for example, the event lasted two days and welcomed several thousand tribal members from over 40 different tribes. One of the inspirations for the Miss Indian America pageant was Lucy Yellow Mule, member of the Crow Nation from Wyoming, Montana, and just 16 years old at the time when she won the title of Rodeo Queen at the 1951 Sheridan Rodeo. 
Her reign as rodeo queen included an appearance on the radio show Voice of America, and it would set the stage for the speaking tours of future Miss Indian America winners. Although she was not officially a pageant winner, she inspired the event and holds a significant place in its history. In fact, to honor her and the history of the pageant, former Miss Indian Americas and the Bighorn City Historical Societies have raised funds to install a sculpture of Lucy Yellow Meal in Sheridan. At the rodeo that year, Yellow Meal and the Miss Indian Americas who followed her entered a long and complicated tradition of Native American royalty in the United States. And I'd just like to point out some people in the photo. So this is, this is Lucy Yellow Meal and her royal court. And this is H.F. Sinclair, also known as Nekyoke Jones, who was a local personality and a co-founder of these events. Uh, and this photo was taken by Don Dyers, uh, and you'll see a lot of his photos in this presentation as he was sort of the official photographer of these events. <clears throat> there were 30 Miss Indian America winners during the event's lifetime between 1953 and 1984. Women were judged on their, quote, beauty, personality, and poise, end quote. Contestants had to be unmarried and between 16 and 26 years of age. Winners embarked on speaking and publicity tours during their year-long reigns in Sheridan. In later years, winners were also awarded scholarships. Uh, pictured here is Rita McLaughlin, who was Miss Indian America number three. And the second fellow there is uh, Governor Merrill Ward Simpson, who was a big supporter of these events. Rita McLaughlin wore her grandmother's buckskin dress in the pageant, uh, which reportedly weighed 45 or even 55 pounds, depending on the source. Contestants had to meet several requirements to win the title of Miss Indian America. The women would need to be at least one half blood quantum, have extensive knowledge of tribal history and culture, also important was appearing in traditional dress, and in later year, years, the talent portion was added. The pageant was adamant, however, that it was not a regular beauty contest and there would be no swimsuit competition. Interestingly, even the Miss America pageant no longer has a swimsuit competition. But, uh, beauty contests date back to the May Day Queens of medieval Europe. In the US, P.T. Barnum held one of the more modern beauty contests in 1854 to public uproar. And in the 1920s, bathing beauties competitions became common after the popularization of the swimsuit. In 1921, the Miss America pageant in Lac City began, and Native American pageants specifically began in the 1940s with the life of story of the people by Ella Deloria in 1940, and the Miss Navajo pageant in 1952. All-American Indian Days and the Miss Indian America pageant had strong connections to the Crow Nation. Often the event was considered a Crow Nation event. Two important organizers for the events were the couple Donald and Agnes Dearnose. Donald Dearnose did the important work of traveling around to reservations across the country to network and encourage participation from various tribes. Agnes Dearnose often served as a chaperone for Miss Indian Americas on their publicity tours. 
In addition, the couple often hosted Miss Indian America winners at their home in Lodgegrass when they would get uh, homesick during their one-year residency in Sheridan. Another event organizer from Crow Nation was Joe Medicine Crow, who also served as Master of Ceremonies. He was a writer, anthropologist, and a World War II veteran who was awarded the Bronze Medal and the Presidential Medal of Freedom. In 1966, the event program that year even included an excerpt from his master's thesis in anthropology. He wrote, quote, as a matter of fact, there is no Indian race problem. Indians are not in themselves raising economic, culture, or cultural, or biological problems for American civilization. Their problems are the same problems of the American citizen, human problems, end quote. These events attracted professional entertainers as well. For example, in 1954, Monte Blue was the master of ceremonies. Born Gerard Montgomery Bluefeather, he was an experienced entertainer with a long career in film. His first film was 1915's Birth of a Nation, where he played a stuntman and extra, a movie which is best now known for its use of blackface and its celebration of the KKK. The same weekend, Blue hosted All American Indian Days and the Miss Indian America pageant. One of his last movies was playing at the local theater at the Orpheum. In it, Blue played Geronimo, while Burt Lancaster starred as Maasai, the last of the Apache. Interestingly, another actor who was involved in these events was the actor Vincent Price. Known for his work in horror movies, Vincent Price also had an art history degree from Yale and an interest in Native American art specifically. And he was involved in the expansive art exhibits of All American Indian Days. Another supporter and uh, trustee of the events was Wyoming Governor Millward Simpson, who gave the dedicatory address at the pageant in 1955. <clears throat> and he not only served as governor of Wyoming during his long career in politics, but served in the Wyoming House and Senate as well. And he was pivotal in the passage of the Wyoming Civil Rights Act of 1957. Here he's pictured hosting Mary Louise Defender, Miss Indian America winner uh, number two. Miss Indian America pageant participants often use the event to educate mostly non-native audiences about their cultures and to counter common native stereotypes such as the Indian princess stereotype. This stereotype, which often reflects Eurocentric values and norms, while overgeneralizing tribal diversity and cultural uniqueness, predates the establishment of the United States by several centuries. And it continues to adapt and be adapted in modern American culture. It has appeared in forms as varied as gold coins and fine art sculptures, to Disney movies and Halloween costumes. Historian John Coward suggests, quote, Indian women were represented or misrepresented in the pictorial press. These ideas and images operated as part of a long-standing national and male fantasy that constructed Indian women as symbolically useful outsiders, alternatively alluring or repulsive, but always contained by the dominant ideologies of Euro-American culture, end quote. 
However, Native women throughout history have reclaimed this stereotype. <clears throat> One such woman was Sarah Winnemucca. Called the Paiute Princess by the press, her royalty was a performance and not an actual reflection of Northern Paiute culture. Winnemucca both perpetuated and adapted the myth of the Indian princess. She molded the stereotype to her own purposes and used it to make a living, travel, and educate people about Paiute issues. It allowed her to travel to Washington, D.C., for example, to advocate for the Paiute who were interned at the Yakima Indian Reservation after the Bannock War of 1878. Miss Indian Americas would continue the tradition of Native royalty as well as the custom of adapting dominant stereotypes to employ agency and effect change. Like Winnemucca, Miss Indian Americas used their reins to advocate for Native peoples. Miss Indian Americas were not just beauty queens or Indian princesses. They appeared in the inaugural parades of Presidents Reagan, Nixon, Johnson, and Kennedy. They met powerful politicians such as Senator Robert Kennedy, Henry Kissinger, and Governor Rockefeller, as well as celebrities like Johnny Cash and June Carter. They appeared extensively on radio and television, including guest spots on The Today Show, Merv Griffith, and The Tonight Show. They worked on important projects such as the United Nations Declaration of Rights of Indian Peoples and were involved in organizations like the National Congress of American Indians and the American Indian Council at the White House Conference on Youth. Miss Indian Americas advocated for Native peoples across the country from parades in Pasadena to the offices of senators in Washington, D.C. And as I mentioned, there was uh, 30 winners, so I can only speak specifically about a few, but I wanted to point out that uh, as you can see from those several photos of winners of the Miss Indian America pageant, they were from all different tribes uh, from across the United States with all different kinds of traditional dress, even though uh, there was uh, often audience expectations that they would look like Plains Indians. Uh, but you can see that it's a variety of tribes represented. <coughs> Mary Louise Defender won the title of Miss Indian America in 1954. In addition to appearing on radio and television, Defender dedicated a Standard Oil refinery and christened a Ford Thunderbird during her speaking and publicity tour. According to, the pre to a press release, Defender, quote, was selected by the judges as typifying the modern Indian girl of America. She speaks her tribal language fluently and is well-versed in the history of her people. She is noted for her courteous manner and has the pride and dignity for which her race is noted." End quote. Later in life, she would become a tribal judge in North Dakota and the executive director of the Mete and Indian Center in Winnipeg. She'd also become an educator teaching Dakota language at City Hall College. Sandra Gover won in 1956 while she was an Haskell Institute student the, formal, the former Indian boarding school turned college. During her speaking tours, she met Vice President Richard Nixon and appeared on the Little Rascals television show. Gover wrote that, quote, the girl who holds, holds the title has responsibilities. Her conduct reflects on every Indian in the country and the public forms its ideas of Indian people from the way she appears and talks, end quote. 
Here she is pictured with Miss Chicago on the way to the Miss America pageant in Atlantic City where she was a special guest, uh, but not a contestant. And during the Miss Indian America pageant, she wore a 35-pound buckskin dress that she made herself. Vivian Arvizo was crowned Miss Indian America 7 in 1960. She attended the inaugura inauguration of JFK, as well as appearing at Disneyland's Indian Village uh, several decades before the movie po Pocahontas would come out by Disney. She advocated for more native control of the Miss Indian America pageant. She wrote, quote, Indians must be allowed to have a firm voice in an event which promotes their historical heritage and their position in society today, end quote. And she also looked back on her time as Miss Indian America fondly. She recalled, quote, I truly thank all American Indian days for providing the lens that helped me grow as an individual and which has led to a highly satisfying lifelong career among native peoples, end quote. She would go on to help develop the Declaration for Indian Purpose, which outlined steps for tribal self-determination, and serve as the president of Navajo Nation Women's Commission. Michelle Ann Portwood won in 1964. She was from Riverton and a student at the University of Wyoming. The same time she was Miss Indian America, she also held the title of Queen of Wyoming's Diamond Jubilee. And during her tour, she would take part in President Lyndon Johnson's inaugural parade and appear at the World's Fair in New York. And she attended the movie premiere of Cheyenne Autumn, a film directed by John Ford, starring James Stewart as White Earp. Portwood confronted the racism faced by Native peoples in Wyoming. She wrote, quote, a few years ago in my town, a common sight on the doors of many stores was a sign that read, quote, no dogs or Indians allowed, end quote. True, these signs have come down because of pressure from various groups of citizens, but the feeling of discrimination still exists in the hearts and minds of many people, end quote. Yet, like many Miss Indian Americas, Portwood saw the pageant as an important accomplishment. She recalled, quote, the greatest honor of my life was being chosen Miss Indian America. <clears throat> Doors were opened to me that led to unbelievable opportunities. The pageant officially ended in 1989 after being held in North Dakota for several years. Today, many Miss Indian America participants are actively involved in keeping the event's memory alive through reunions and public works. In 2013, for example, Sheridan hosted the 60-year reunion of the pageant. And as part of the celebrations that year, several former Miss Indian Americas were the grand marshals of the parade for the rodeo and powwow. The former All-American Indian Days Masters of Ceremony, Joe Medicine Crow, was there. Uh, he was 99 years old. Native women around the country still represent themselves, their families, and their nations in Native pageants each year. The presence they embody is decolonizing, and these women continue the tradition started by the Miss Indian America pageant and other pageants like it. They are not Indian princesses. They are activists, ambassadors, and agents of change. And this last um, ad is an ad for the event sponsored by Montgomery Ward. And we have uh, Sandra Gover, Miss Indian America 4, and again, Governor Sim Millward Simpson. So real quickly, I'd like to thank uh, 
the Wyoming Historical Society and the Ivan Deutsch Center at MSU for supporting this research. And if anyone is interested in these events, there is uh, some sources there. Thank you.